Hello everyone and welcome to Let's Talk Catholic with Father Scott Lawler. As you know, in the Diocese of Gaylord, we have been, well, actually in the whole of Michigan, we have been going through what the bishops are calling a seven-week retreat. And this is uh, the fourth programme that uh, I have done to cover the seven weeks of us addressing, uh, frankly, the horrors of Proposal 3. So, first programme, we, we sort of covered the background of um, how we should be viewing the unborn, but we also talked about parental rights being taken away. The last two programmes, we have been talking about the legal ramifications of that and also the fact that no one is not a victim in the abortion, that the professionals that are involved often end up with alcohol problems and suicide and things like that. And we, So we covered that. So um, now, as we always do, let's start with prayer before I set the scene for this programme. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so I'm actually at a parish where I've never done a programme before, with some voices that have not been on relevant radio before. Um, I have three guests with me. Uh, generally speaking, I would say ladies first. But, you know, if you go to a restaurant in Rome, if you're sitting at a table in a restaurant in Rome, they bring the menus to the priests first. So since I do have a priest guest, and um, he is one of our senior priests, probably, now. Getting uh, there. Yeah. Um, so I'll have, I'll have Father just remind everybody who he is, then we'll move to Donner, and then we'll move to to, to Deacon. So, Father, go ahead, please. Um. And Father Joe Miscavige, I'm the pastor of St. Mary's of Hannah in uh, mailing addresses Kingsley. And I've uh, been here for well, just a little over a year. My name is Donna O'Hara. I'm the director of faith formation. And this is the parish that both sets of my great-grandparents were founding members. Cool. And I'm Deacon Tim Webb. I'm a uh... Uh, deacon for the Diocese of Gaylord, and I serve here at St. Mary's Bahana Parish. And I'm a parent, uh, been married for 40 years, have five children and three grandchildren. Excellent. How long have you been a deacon? It'll be two years this month that okay, I was ordained. Very good. Yes. So you were ordained by the same man that ordained me, Bishop Raker? I was not. Wow. I, oh. Yeah. Oh. I was, uh, Who ordained you? Uh, it was the, uh, the bishop that was uh, serving in the interim for us here. Bishop Hurley? Bishop, bishop Hurley. Hurley. Oh, yes. then you're not really a deacon then. Oops! <laughs> <laughs> I beg your pardon. <laughs> yeah. Do you know this story, before we move on, you know the story of Father Joe's ordination? I do not. Have you never heard I... that story? Go ahead. We tell Just very quickly, tell people about what happened. How oh, desperate you... a certain bishop was not to ordain you. Yeah, um, those of you who are listening who maybe remember Bishop Cooney, um, uh, my ordination was supposed to be January 5th, and Bishop Cooney was going to be ordaining me. Well, half an hour before 
mass began, uh, Bishop Cooney had a heart attack. And uh, so... Well, at least he said... Yeah, know, well, to, yeah. And, and so they, uh, they, um, they were trying to get uh, his delegation before he became unconscious to delegate another bishop to do, to do the ordination. And so we had to... Uh, um, I, not me, but uh, some of the other priests, Father Dwayne Bakoviak was, was a big part of that, and uh, trying to uh, find another bishop to, to ordain me. And so they called around, and finally, uh, Bishop John Quinn, he was an auxiliary bishop from Detroit, he agreed to do that, so he came up on Sunday. And uh, so it was um, not the same day, and uh, um, he did a fantastic job he was and and actually we kept in touch a little bit as the years went by and um, um, so the thing that I enjoyed about it or that I appreciated about it was my ordination actually happened on uh, January 6th which was Epiphany and uh, uh, so I just that's always something very special to me. I'm so tempted to make comments about wise men <laughs> and um, but I'm not going to that's wise <laughs> And, and that's my birthday. Is it? Oh. And my mom and dad named me Donna because in Latin, gift. give. Yes, the gift. gift. Yeah. So my mom always called me her little gift. Oh. Um, can you just another, just a little yeah, bit so. about that? Um, well, ordination was supposed to happen on Saturday, and we were going to have a little reception afterwards. Well, what are you going to do? The food's ready. or the, you know. So we decided to still go on with the reception at the... The um, diocesan center. Well, but it didn't, you know, it ended earlier than what we thought, so the food wasn't quite ready. And so my sisters and I had made a bunch of desserts, and so we, everybody's standing around, so we had the desserts and then the meal, and then the ordination was the next day. And my one sister said, Is this a Polish ordination or what? <laughs> it takes two days, and you have the dessert before the meal, the meal before the, you know. <laughs> And, uh, but, uh, that Sunday evening, I was able to go to Traverse City and, uh, actually, uh, see Bishop Cooney and, uh, mm. and, and pray for him there. So anyway. Okay. Um, actually that's probably about the only, th- we've now covered all the lighthearted things that we're probably going to cover in the program, mm. sad to say. So, um, the reason why I, I've, I've uh, asked Father Joe to to um, strong arm um, his, his his deacon, um, so you don't blame him. Blame me, deacon. Okay. <laughs> All right. If there's uh, blame to be had. Yeah, and also uh, Donna is because I wanted some different voices, but I also want some different perspectives because most of the people that I've spoken to in the last three shows are people that have been on the Let's Talk Catholic. Um, and they're from a particular area, and now I'm now on the outskirts of of Traverse, which is a place that is really quite liberal, isn't it, Deacon? Is it? There's there's a, a strong element of that there, certainly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like uh, they have a gay pride march and things, don't they? And yes. uh, yeah, week. Pride Week was just yeah. this past week. Right. Yeah. Okay, so. so so this is a whereas up where I am up in. Sort of Onaway, Sheboygan, uh, Alpina. We, the, if we have that, those kind of, th- we don't have those kind of things in those numbers. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I do know that in Travers, it's a real problem. Perhaps more evident here. Yeah. Yes, and and you got a, a humongous public school here as well, which mm-hmm. is 
somewhat notorious for its wokeness, mm. I think. So that's why I'd, I'd like to get a, a wanted to get a different um, take. Um, so I'm going to ask Father first. Um, what's been your line of approach for your homilies and or deacon, if he's also been assisting you in this, um, to educate the, the the faithful? What have you been saying? Well, we're two weeks in. What have, what have you been saying to the to your people? Well, I must admit, the first week I wasn't here. Okay. So I was away. Um, so this last weekend, um, the second weekend of it, I, I, I really did use the the talking points of the Father John Ricardo's um, because I, I just felt they worked well into that. But it okay, was, so in case people don't know who are listening, um, one of the things that predominantly is Lansing Diocese that have spearheaded this, I think. Um, but through MCC, Michigan Catholic Conference, there's a packet that, that eventually arrived for clergy, or you could go online and download it yourself, that has in it um, a homiletics suggestions mm-hmm. and things like that. So for all seven weeks. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And and one of the things that that pointed out was that you know a lot of times people will will say this is a religious matter, and uh, one of the things it pointed out is it's not it's not the Bible, it's not the Catechism that says that we have an, a, a unique individual with its own DNA and, and everything at, at the moment of conception. It's science mm. Apart and from medicine. The Psalms before you formed you in the womb, I knew you. Right. Oh well, yes. Okay. okay, that's there. But that that's not you know um, uh, that's you know everybody seems to be focusing on listen to the science. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we want them to do is listen to the science um, because that is what's telling us that. It's not that they're saying that the Bible doesn't say anything about it. They're just saying that it doesn't have to come. When, from when that. you say listen to the science, so nobody. Nobody who's not um, in denial denies that a human life begins at the moment of conception, right? Mm-hmm. No, as Catholics, that's why we celebrate March 25th. As I keep telling people, for the first couple of hundred years in the church, March the 25th was a bigger feast than December 25th because when the angel Gabriel appeared to Our Lady, God became man. Mm-hmm. It wasn't by the way, in nine months, when he's fully out of the womb, God will be, God will be man, right? Mm-hmm. We all know that, okay? So nobody, very few people deny that when human life begins. But the question fundamentally is, as I've touched upon in the other programs, personhood. Personhood, yeah. Now, for us Catholics, it's very simple. Human life means person. But... Mm-hmm. One of the things in Proposal 3 is that they're going to have to arbitrarily decide when a person becomes, what rather, what, or rather they will decide when someone becomes a person. So... When you say they will decide? States, the state. Because the other thing, that's the thing, uh, was that, okay, there are going to be some criteria for personhood, and who is the society yes. that? And if it's not something that everyone has just because and, they're and a human I've being, I've mentioned this in all three, all, all of the other three programs. 
Um, Planned Parenthood. Spoiler alert, they're not a charity. (laughs) Despite what people say. They are spending money to get control of deciding what is a person. And when is a person a person? And the ACLU, because that's what they're really doing. That's what they're doing is they are planning uh, with Proposal 3 to decide who will make the judgment of when a person, when a human being becomes a person. Um, so Deacon, how many kids you got? Five. Okay. Did you ever put your hand on your mother's, uh, your your wife's womb and hear them kicking? Every time. Yeah. Okay. Were you ever under any, did you ever think that that was gas? <laughs> no, no, no. Did you ever think that that was something uh, other than life? Absolutely not. I mean, so what do you say? What would you say to people who are not taking the trouble to educate themselves on this? Or they're not listening? What about, because this predominantly is Catholics that listen to, to the, the, the radio, the Catholic radio, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. As, a, as a dad, as a member of the clergy, as a husband, what, do you, what would be your, your message that you would really want to try and get across to people in the pews who are saying things like, and I've heard this, maybe you guys have, um, well, I'm in my 70s, it's not my issue. Or I can't have children anymore, it's not fair. Wow, yeah, if, if I were to hear something like that, mm. that, that, probably my jaw would drop to begin with, but, uh, you know, we're, we're all human beings, whether you're a two-cell zygote or an elderly person in hospice. Uh, to say that it's not my my problem, you know, we're all part of a, a human family on earth created by God and created in his image. And uh, just to dismiss that as not my issue, that's that would be appalling, really. I mean, that's flabbergasting. If some, if you, I haven't heard that myself, but, oh, yeah, but uh, I'm afraid, yeah, that's something that you, but uh, you know, yeah. getting back to this question of personhood, though, um, you know, there's there's this arbitrariness that's mm, going on yeah, and, sure. and you look at the uh, the proposed amendment and there's language in there that talks about to some degree about fetal viability mm. and it uh, talks about um, I don't have the words right in front of me but it talks about extraordinary that fetal viability is uh, you know a, a, fe- a fetus if born would would be viable if it did not need extraordinary means to oh, stay yes, alive. Yes. Some something yeah, to that it effect. Does, I'm, it does. I'm it does poorly paraphrasing. Yeah. But what? Who? Who then determines what is extraordinary? Yeah. And that that's that's a little scary too, and, and because you can have a, a, a baby that's newborn, and that baby cannot survive on its own. It has to have mother's milk and so on, and and love and care and, and yeah. everything else that goes with that. Yeah, so, so 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 then you get into the slippery slope you argument. Do, exactly. One then is viability when they're two years old and they can lift a fork to their own mouth. There, there is a, a philosopher, a tenured philosopher in one of the Ivy League schools. His name is Singer, not Sanger. Mm-hmm. Singer, right? And he has postulated that, so it's really going back to Roman times. You know, in Roman times, unless the father acknowledged the child, it didn't matter how old the child was. If the father didn't acknowledge the child, the child wasn't a person and they could be got rid of. 
and he's advocating almost up to, I think it is Peter, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So you're right in that. Yeah. Um, I can read upside down. I should have warned you of that. Um, <laughs> but I was going to say, I thought it was Peter, Peter, Pete Singer, Peter. Peter Singer, isn't it? He's, he's advocated that up to two years old, um, parents should still have the, the right under, following that argument that you've just said, that if they want to, but he also has advocated that the sexual assault of handicapped people isn't the same level of crime as sexual assault against wow. a non-handicapped person because they're not fully people. Wow. They're not fully persons. Mm. And just before we carry on, um, if people are listening to this and they're thinking, is that not what the Japanese and the Nazis did? Yes, that is exactly what mm. they did, declaring non, non-persons. So, Donna, we haven't heard from you yet, but um, as a woman... I was saying to a group of um, parishioners today, this is a total attack on women's rights, this proposal. It actually doesn't adversely affect men to the same magnitude that it does as women. And that's the lie. Because the lie has been since the 60s about women's freedom. So people get the pill... And they get higher blood pressure, they're more likely to get a stroke. People have abortions, they're more likely to have alcohol problems, drug problems, suicidal rate, infertility. And now we're going to see, now we have a, a rising problem in the States, it's already a big problem in the UK where I'm from, rising problem in the States of single mothers. So not only is this going to attack them, but the parental rights is going to be taken from them as well. So as a woman... What do you feel about all these assaults on what is to be women? Before you give us your take, um, as I keep telling people, we have lived. So, Father Joe has has uh, two daughters. What? How old are they? Um, Forty-four. Okay. And uh, in forty. So, his daughters. Went into school life when women's sports didn't quite have the same respect as men's sports. We have seen in their lifetime women's sports get more and more respect. Sure. And now it's dead. Women's sports are dead. What we have seen in the lifetime of Father Joe's daughters and yourself, Donna, in your lifetimes, women's sports and all things to do with women have reached a pinnacle and now they're disappearing because many of women's sports actually don't have women in them now. Sentences you never thought you would say, right? Do you have any daughters, Deacon? I have one daughter. How old is she? She's 17. Right. So I hope she doesn't doesn't want to go on to have an, an Olympic career or, or follow sports. I don't think that's in her future. She's right. a good athlete, but not that good. Yeah, but you know that in places like New England at the present moment, California and things like that, there are just um, non, non-women who are breaking all the records. Mm-hmm. So, Donna, women's rights and Proposal 3, but just generally the agenda that is being pushed and how it will, will harm women in your opinion? So I think the right, that I think that's the key, like the freedom and the rights 
freedom comes in, you know, Pope John Paul said, in doing the good, in doing the good. That's when we have freedom. It's freedom to do ill or to do evil is... Is, oppression. Is, is oppression. So I think that's, I think it's a trick on women. You know, it's the take the apple and when you ate it and then what happened. So I think it's go for freedom because who wouldn't want freedom, right? I mean, it's, yeah, being, that's why, that's it's why being, it's called what it's called, isn't it? It's wrapped so, up in yeah. freedom, yeah. but when it's oppression, like you had just said. Yeah. So I think the understanding of what a choice does to you. Because I, I have friends who have had abortions, and they regret it, but they didn't know. So I think a lot of this is, they didn't, they had it at hospital. Like, they have it down at Providence Hospital, not Providence, excuse me, Henry Ford Hospital down in Detroit. And they thought it was, you know, a clump of cells. But when she found out the truth, she was devastated. And I think there is so many more lies in this proposal. That absolutely is. Um, right, fact, so when people would find the truth, they would realize that they were tricked. If they are allowed to find the truth. If they are allowed to find the truth. Which I think... Because, you know, one of the things in this proposal is no counselling. So things like pregnancy centres and things like that. Unless the Catholic Church pays for them completely, they're gone. So if someone who is not a Catholic, actually practicing Catholic, is pregnant and looking for help, they're not going to get help. I'm told by some women in the Greater Travis area that I know that when they were pregnant recently, a couple of women told me this, it was extremely difficult to find an OBGYN who wasn't willing to discuss or wanted to discuss whether he actually wanted this child or not. Because we all know, we, we know that it actually doesn't matter what makes you a person or when you become a person. Because the thing that drives this is are you wanted or not? That's what drives all of this. Are you wanted or not? And society, if somebody doesn't want, people think that that is freedom. And it's this misguided idea of when you make the choices. You know, so I, I've, uh, well, all, all of us, all around this table, we've all taught classes, right? We've all taught people, mm -hmm, right? Sure. And when I start a, a series of classes, I always tell the group the same thing. No offence, but you don't know what you don't know. You know, because some, somebody might ask you a question about, well, we'll go with abortion. Somebody might ask you with a question about abortion and then they'll say, what about the life of the mother? What about rape? Daddy, 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 daddy. And actually, that's not, the, that's not the question you should ask. You should be asking about what's happening and, and who's involved and what persons are involved. If people ask us questions about homosexuality, why is that not okay? That's not the question. The question is, what is the gift of sexuality? And this, this is the, often the problem, that in society, the, they've already made their choice. You had sex, right? Your choice was you had sex with, and there are consequences to, to, to that choice you made. Don't pretend now 
that you didn't realise that was going to happen. Yeah. Okay. That's a, of course, then the comeback would be, well, what about cases of rape? Because the, you know, the, mm-hmm. then that's going to be brought to the mm-hmm. forefront. Certainly, sure. certainly, rape is a tragic thing, and but you know, it's certainly not the majority of pregnancies are and caused it's by Actually, that. it's extremely but, but rare. It's, but it's a difficult, it's a difficult question to answer. It is, but the thing with the rape one, of um, of course, is that you don't help a victim by further victimizing them. Then you'd have two victims. Yes. Right. Well, you have two victims, but you actually, you pile on the victimhood onto the person who's already a victim from rape because you then are making them party to killing. Mm -hmm. And again, that's just, rather than helping the individual, you're pretending that you can rub out something happened. I can't undo a rape. What I can do is help someone heal from that event without making it worse. Mm-hmm. And that's really the, the, the answer. It's the same with the the, or the the argument when you say, oh, the life of the mother. You know, some people who say about rape or a life of mother or poverty, they're all driven by compassion. Right. And that's many people who make a case for abortion are driven by compassion, but they don't understand that there are two persons involved here. Okay. And the life of the mother. Well, one is a maybe, the other one's a definite. And do you really want to encourage someone to definitely kill their child because of the off chance of them? And I know that haunts people because I've had to probably, like father, I've heard confessions of people who did that. We also know from a couple of years ago from the statistics that came out of all places in New York that a lot of these pre-pregnancy tests are inaccurate up to, in some cases, 60%. Hmm. So... You mean as far as if there's... Disabilities, um, Down syndrome and things like that. Um, So you think about that. That's so-called science. Mm -hmm. So you were saying, Father, about about science. Okay, so... Any kickback when you've been talking about it? Have Have any of you heard anything from your fellow Catholics that has made you think they're not even the same planet as me or yes, no? I haven't heard any verbal, um, but, um, um, you know, I, some well, some people just, whether they walk out or, you know, or, or just don't show up again for a while because they don't want to hear it. So, but nobody has said anything. Somebody said to my brother, Father Father Mark, um, next brother up, years ago, he's parish in England, and they said to him, "My man, um, you mention abortion a lot, Father. We get it, we get it. You don't need to keep going on about it." And my brother said, "Until it stops, I do." Hmm. It's a, it a distasteful subject. We know it's a distasteful subject, and for many of us, maybe some of you, it's. Um, quite difficult to get our heads around the fact that people would want to do these things, which is why, as we say, often it's compassion or confusion that leads people to do these things. But the people who wrote this proposal, Deacon, are not falling into compassion. There's nothing compassionate about this proposal. No, in the end, no. I mean, there may be surficially here to begin with, you know. Well, maybe how they want to present it. Yeah. 
But let's move on to parental rights. But then they're going to be playing on people's compassion yes. to draw them in. They are. In fact, people tell me that the ad on TV, one of the ads, says, we need to do this to bring back Roe versus Wade. Well, that was bad law. And this is certainly not bringing back no. that. It's, it's far, a lot worse. It, yeah. So let's move on to parental rights. So Deacon, you're, you're a dad, Father Joe, uh, you're a dad and a granddad. Are you a granddad, yeah? I am, yeah. Right? Three okay. grandchildren. Right. Okay. And Donna, you're an aunt. To and a great aunt. How, how many did you say? There's 11 nieces and nephews and then 11 great nieces and nephews. Okay. So... Each, each one of you, tell me what you think about some organization taking away your ability to guard and protect and have an input into your child's health. Deacon, do you want to go first? Well, you know, I think we've all heard the, the notion that, you know, you can, I, again, I have a 17-year-old high school student, and uh, she cannot you know, bring a medication into school unless it's packaged yeah, I right. I believe you can't take a Tylenol, is that yeah, right? Something to that effect, yeah. you know. You, so something as simple as that needs permission and all that, and yet somebody can do a surgical procedure that leads to death. And and I would Potentially have, two deaths. Yes, yeah. yeah, or, you know, more if they're yeah. twins or triplets. Yeah, exactly, yeah, But, yeah, but uh, it, it's just unfathomable that, that, you know, something as simple as, you know, taking a Tylenol at school needs permissions and so on, and yet somebody could potentially take a, a high school student, uh, a young girl, into a clinic without parents knowing about it. And uh, because in, in the, uh, the proposed amendment, it says that every individual has these so-called rights and every individual means everybody. It doesn't say okay, starting at Yeah, let's at, just clarify adulthood. that means everybody. Regardless of age. Yes. So, so children at the age of two could be sterilized. Yeah, and therefore that everybody, that teenage girl in high school, is one of those everybody's and had, would have under this, uh, this proposed amendment the absolute right, regardless of what the parents think. Um, because... You know, well, how would you feel about would that? Be, as would a dad, to how, how would you feel if you found out in ten years' time if this was through, right? Had mm -hmm. came through and it was voted last last year or something, and you found out in ten years' time that your daughter had got pregnant. She told a school counselor. The school counselor said, "Don't tell your father. Mm -hmm. Don't tell your mother. We'll go and sort this for you." Yeah. How would you feel? I would feel just terribly cheated and violated, you know, and uh, I w I would you know, have remorse that, that uh, a daughter of mine wouldn't trust me to, to help her through something like that would, would that would be devastating. But you know, in a, in a confusing time like that, for a young person, the voice that's saying what well, the easy fix is often the voice that, that a teenager will go with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the so-called trusted, you know, adult or something, but, uh, you know, can you trust somebody like that? I don't know. There's... Fantastic teachers at, at the school my daughter attends, you know, but uh, but the, the things that this amendment is, is proposing opens up doors that, uh, that Yeah, because be it doesn't necessarily be a teacher. It could be if she's in the soccer team a coach or, It could be the coach from the soccer team yeah. That is a secular one not one from the from the school or something like that It doesn't um, even have to be an adult in authority. It could just be a, a 
a friend that takes them to a clinic, you know, and there's no no uh, consequence for that person, you know, to to assist in something like that. So, you know, how would I feel? I'd I'd feel crushed, mm-hmm. you know, if if I found out something like that happened. So yeah, it, it's a it's a terrible thing it's to, to have those parental rights in jeopardy. Yeah. Um, I want what's best for my kids, and uh, that's the decision of myself and my wife, you know, to, to guide and, and raise children, not not to put that solely in the hands or especially in a circumstance like this into the hands of somebody other than the parents. And of course it won't end in that circumstance, but we might get to that. What are your siblings saying? Have you discussed this with your, your siblings about their children, their grandchildren? Yes. So my youngest niece is like in her late twenties. Um, so we have talked about it and we're all against it. Um, but it is, I would, I took the kids with my sister to the playground and I was, you know, there's a four year old and a two year old and who's running around and I'm thinking, what world are we leaving to them? You know, the little, the little minefields that they're going to have to walk that, you know, none of us Hmm. had to walk because our our parents and our society didn't lay these landmines that they're going to have to walk through or walk around and hopefully, and hopefully not get blown up by. Yeah. I mean, especially when you're actually seeing that some states are passing laws to um, prevent parents from having anything to do with transgender things. Uh, I believe California is where has just done this and I believe that the American um, Association of Physicians has asked the, the government, the DOG, to um, investigate any doctors or anybody who criticizes uh, transgender things. And under this proposal, um, as you were saying Deacon, that this is open to anybody. Mm-hmm. And I was before we move on to Father Joe and gives he can give some thoughts on to do with his grandchildren and um I was I was making the point over the weekend in the homily to people that when you're in your late your your teens and maybe even your twenties, if your girlfriend or your boyfriend dumps you, you often think that's the end of the world. Right? So sometimes in older days what used to happen was guys would go to seminary because they think I've just I've been dumped twice. I'm not meant to have a. I'm not meant to have a be married, right? Um, but you could see now in this present world, where somebody might think, um, "Well, she was the one, or he was the one. I'm just not meant to have anybody." And what's the point in having children? And then they say that to a counselor in the school, and next thing you know, they're sterilised. Hmm. That's the the horror that could unfold under these unrestrained. Um, uh, this amendment uh, we were explaining in the pre- in previous programs uh, about good law, bad law and how bad law can be too specific or too vague and too specific usually means that it's, it's excuse me, a crusade about something it's specifically it's about trying to undo a wrong like children being kidnapped or in Britain it was animals being attacked but vague law is usually driven by an agenda. And that's what we're seeing here with this amendment. It's been driven by an agenda 
and the bishops very correctly call it anything goes. Mm-hmm. When I first heard the expression anything goes, I was thinking, oh, that's a bit over the top. And I started reading the thing and I started thinking, oh, really, is anything goes? Like you were saying, Deacon, about it doesn't even mention age. It yeah. mentions an individual. The door is wide open. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's terrifying. Well, that's, you know, that's one of the things. Um, I think some people, you know, when you bring up all these exceptions or, well, this could lead to this, this could be, you know, and I can imagine some proponents of this amendment, you know, thinking, well, that's not what we're looking for. That's not what we're doing. You know, it doesn't, that doesn't even matter because this, the way this is worded, the vagueness of it and whatever, is that it, it opens the door to that. And and that might be something they never intended to do, but that's why this amendment is so... I think that's a a really great point because I, I was, I was pointing out to the, to the, the parishioners that before COVID, if someone had said to us, they'll take old people who have got COVID and they'll put them all in nursing homes and their children won't be able to get near them, their children won't be able to give them the option to hold their hands when they're dying. You know, and it happened in many, many places. Of course, the worst one in the States was New York, but it happened in other countries. We would have said that would never happen. That's dehumanising. They are deciding that these elderly people have to die and they're not to be able to... You're not going to be given the, 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 the ability to decide whether you want to risk yourself by holding your mother's hand. Now, if, if somebody had said that to us before COVID, we would have said that not in our country. It's not going to happen here. Wouldn't we have? We would have I thought that so. was horrendous. But we know what happened. Because when the state steps in, you know, when, when whether it be federal or whatever, when they step in and start making decisions about viability of people, um, those kind of decisions, it's never done with compassion. It's done with expediency. So, you know, you, you get the whole, is it cost effective to keep this person alive? Hmm. Right? Which... Should that be a factor? Well, in reality, it is a factor. It's never not been a factor, I guess. But, but when it when you open the, the the floodgates, as you said, Deacon, to things like this, where does that end? So, Father, I have. Well, can I just bring up another yes, point? Of the uh, yeah. um, <clears throat> that thing about the unintended, maybe I mean, for some people, that may be their intention anyway. But for the those that are unintended, for example, I have a uh, a parishioner who mentioned that they're a massage therapist. Well, in the amendment, it doesn't, all it says is attending person. It doesn't say that they have to be a doctor or it doesn't say they have to be. And that, you know, uh, this massage therapist was saying that under this, they could perform an abortion. And if they botched it, there'd be no recourse. It's like they're protected from that, you know. And so... Yeah, I mean, because you can't do anything. They can't prosecute me because it's in that amendment. And and so I can imagine the proponents saying, well, no, that's not what we want. That's okay. never going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like you said, that's not going to... But that's what it'll Yeah, make. so the interesting thing about that is um, it's an amendment, right? So what will happen in a case like that is somebody will go to court over this and with amendments, amendments get tested and laws begin to fine-tune amendments, mm-hmm. right? So this is one of the heinous things about it being an amendment. That it's so vague 
that if it goes to court and all the court cases that are required to to under to get understand what an amendment is supposed to be achieving, that's why it could take us twenty something years sure. to yeah. try to get to the, the bottom of what is this amendment supposed to be telling us? And in the meantime, how many people are going to die? And I don't just mean babies. Yeah. All right. And by then, a bit like with Roe versus Wade, where people think, because they had it for 40 years, that, it, that it we had a whole generation, or, or generation and a half, who, who thought that was a right. Because it's always been there. But it's, it's not, because if you look at the greater length of the, the country's existence, the majority of the time the country's been in existence, <laughs> yeah. there has been voices against it. And even in that last 40 years, there were significant voices of the population against abortion. But it's it's got to do with controls the media and things like that as well. But Father, you've got... How many grandchildren? Um, four living. Yeah, and how many of them live within the beautiful state of Michigan? Uh, two. Right. So... You're not just get the interests of any, as I do as a priest about my faithful and the care of souls. You actually have blood in this game, mm-hmm. as it were. Um, what do you think about the fact that a school could take your grandson or your granddaughter and do these things to them on a whim? Actually, so there's no counselling. It says about that counselling is not required on a whim. They could be taken and these things happen. You know, the interesting thing is, you know, we have children, young children, going to school to help form them because they're not adults yet. Not that, you know, I mean, you can have the education, I mean, you'd be an adult and go to education. But Are you living them. in America? Yeah, but anyway. So, um, and, and so this amendment treat, treats everybody as if they were yep. fully rational and not that kids aren't rational, but maturely rational. Yeah. And it just, it bypasses that, you know, and it just... Yeah. So one of the things actually in the, the, one of the previous programs, one of the points that Larry made was the fact that decision-making, um, you're actually, generally speaking, they say you're 25 before your brain is actually where it should be for decision-making. Mm-hmm. Well, proposal three, what's that going to do to people under 25? There's plenty of people under 25 that are basically going to be the victims of this, mm-hmm. used and abused and cast aside um, for, for, for this. What's your, what is your, your uh, son thinking of this? Have you managed to... Is he aware of it? Are they, I mean, they're talking about it down in Grand Rapids. They're supposed to be talking about it everywhere in mm-hmm. Michigan, right? Um, Sadly, some priests are not talking about it, but there's nothing we can do about that. You know what? I, I, I haven't had that conversation with him as far as what he's been exposed to you okay. know, or like that. But, uh, um, but would you not encourage people to have those conversations with the children who have got young children? Um, the question again? I'm sorry. <laughs> would you not, as your position as a grandfather, same for you, Deacon, would you not think that this is conversations that families need to be having if everybody lives in Michigan, if the whole family lives in Michigan, okay. these are conversations that Can need to be had with mm-hmm. with generations of families. Okay, I, th- I thought you were saying like with their children. No, 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 yeah. no, no, okay. no. yes, because no. um, that's one of the other things. I think 
Because we all know that where are people getting their sources of info, right? Mm-hmm. You know, where are people where are people getting that? If the, if people are getting that from mainstream media, what they're hearing is this will bring back Roe versus Wade. Um, they're also hearing that if this isn't brought about, people will be prosecuted who have miscarriages. Well, that's a lie. That's never happened, right? Mm-hmm. Or people have ectopic pregnancies. They won't get care. That's a lie. That's never happened. But, you know, these are the things that are being said that is why this is required. That the other thing... Well, um, you, get that, you get that image in your mind, and it's hard to get away. Yeah. yeah. And people are also implying that those of us who are against this don't think that rape is a serious crime. These are, you know, these are all the things that are yeah. that are that are being said, um, or that we think that uh, poor people should be forced to feed multiple children. That all goes back to the choices that you make. Mm-hmm. If you can't afford to have six children, then you need to be abstaining from sex, or you need to learn appropriate measures to control those things. And uh, we're not dogs. We have self-control. This is a thing that's been lost in society, uh, certainly since probably the 20s. People talking about human beings as if we are just like other animals. Well, we're not. Apart from anything else, we're made in the image and likeness of God. Yeah, right. and therefore capable of good and yeah, evil. Absolutely. And do we feel that there's evil creeping in here? Yeah. You talked about you know the, the, the long history of our country. And the majority of that history of our 200, what is it, 30 years or whatever it is, um, that abortion was an abomination. And uh, um, and now, you know, it's trying to become the norm. You know, do you feel evil creeping in here, folks? Yeah, you know. And, and if you think about it, if you were in charge of evil, if, if you were the master of evil, and there is such a thing, right? Yes. We all know who, who that is. What what tactics would you use to to get get at God? You know, that, to to go as as far against God's will as you could. Yeah. What would you do? You would you would eliminate people's self identity. We talk about all the you know gender dysphoria that's mm-hmm. going on, and you you would intervene in probably the, what's the greatest gift. One of the greatest gifts that God has given us as human beings is the right to participate in creation. Mm-hmm. And now, now you're going to eliminate that or put a, a, a roadblock on it or just you know, make that go away. Just take away that, that beautiful gift of being able to participate in creation and just throwing it in a dumpster. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, evil's creeping into all to, this. To, to follow your point, and, and this is something that, that I've been saying for a while, but I wasn't the first person to go over this. All of this, you, you've, if you melt all of this down, it's, attack, it's an attack on the humanity of Christ. Because it's an attack on humanity. It's an attack on the real presence. Because mm-hmm. all the things that you've just said are all, um, they're all the beauties. So in the beginning was the Word, uh, and the Word was God, and when God when God speaks, He speaks the word, and the word creates. Mm-hmm. So you, you have the creation aspect out of that, nothing. Yeah. Yes, and then you also have the the personhood of the God Man, who becomes a human, and they want to undo that. They want to distort it. They want to attack it, 
but even then, even for those people who don't have faith, this proposal still should be heinous. Because if, if, even, if, even if you agree with abortion, um, even if you can't conceive in your head the difference between holding a newborn in your hands and four weeks ago what the, if the newborn was, was, a, was a human being or not, even if you can't do that, the taking away of parental rights then in itself, should be a red flag yeah. for every single person. You think about, uh, as a foreigner, right, so I, I'm, not a, I'm not a citizen, I'm a subject of the king, right? Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, for most of my life it was the queen, but the king. So, um, even in my country, which is a nanny state, you know, like, we control everything in Britain, right? Mm -hmm. And if the government doesn't, if you don't do something, the government will step in in Britain. That's not the American way. You, the experiment yeah. for America was based on independence and that people would work for things and they wouldn't just get things handed out. So therefore, the state, because it's a federal federal government, the, the, fed, the federal state and then the individual states would not control these things, would not be able to control your children. You know, um, it's not a huge leap, I would suggest, from these kind of things to then banning homeschooling. So in most of the European hmm. countries, you're not allowed to homeschool. State won't allow it. Really? Yeah. You can't. It's yeah. against law. Right? Hmm. And most recently, the most recent one was Germany, which I think was about six years ago or something like that. They declared no homeschooling. Right? So... Um, that's why in places like, like Britain during COVID um, they had to suddenly come up with all these emergency things because people had to be homeschooled but it's not allowed so mm -hmm. the state controls that so no liberty well that's the whole thing isn't it what comes before the liberty no, no, no um, life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. exactly so yeah. the, the American experiment as it's often called by sociologists is in great danger of, of disappearing with the way things are going. That's why I'm so surprised. It, uh, actually, I haven't mentioned this in any of the, the radio programmes. But, yeah, you know, I love this country. I've come here twice to live. Um, I am amazed that anybody would have the cojones to present to Americans <laughs> something that is going to take away the rights. And really that... that but I they present it in a way as you get, you're getting it's this It's freedom, right. yeah, it's, yeah. That's what they're presenting it, and that's what you hear. It's in the, the packaging. Yeah. It's just a big marketing Okay, so, so what you're saying, that they are presenting abortion as a right... And uh, with one hand, and the other hand, they're going to take away your parental rights, and right. people are not supposed to see that. You're, you're, you hear the, in the reproductive freedom. That's you get. The, that's the word, and it, and it, when you get freedom, who, like you said earlier, Donald, who doesn't want freedom? Yeah. But that's why they they chose as language all those years ago to be pro-choice, because Americans want choices. So we, we were anti-choice and they were pro-choice. This was a deliberate sure, yeah. way of speaking about, about these things. But still, I have to say, okay, I follow your point, clearly that you're right, but I still find it very strange. I, I can't imagine 
as Americans, you're, you're, you're all generally very sensitive about our rights. My right to bear arms, my right to do this, my right to do that. This proposal is going to take away parental rights. Yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, what, what is going to be left? So speaking to you, Deacon, as a, as a dad with a young, young family, if this proposal comes in, what decisions are going to be left to you to be able to make? <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, it's, yeah. isn't it? I've been trying. I've been thinking about this, and I was thinking, yeah. what are the most important questions that you make for your kids? Health ones, education ones, faith direction. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you remember that um, comedy show? I think it was in the nineties. I'm trying to remember, the, the, the actor who was the dad in it, was, is it? Bill Ted, Cosby. No, Ted. Um, Mandy. Yeah, and the, the, the opening... Married with children. Yes, the opening scene is the dad's just sitting there just giving out money to the kids over his shoulder <laughs> and to his wife. Is is that what parents have been? Have parents just... Or a big ATM in the couch. Is, yeah. is that? <laughs> well, so you, you think about this, both you and, and, and uh, Father Joe as dads, think back to what were the major decisions that you had to make for your, for your kids and um, give, me a, give me a couple that aren't going to be, see what ones you can give me that aren't going to be affected by Proposal 3. Well, at this time, you know, one of the choices was to send my kids to, uh, at least for elementary school, to a Catholic school. I don't know as that would be affected by Proposal 3 necessarily but uh, but that's one of the choices that I made okay. in, in raising children okay so we're not there yet uh, blame it, saying you're trying to brainwash your children but we might get there but okay <laughs> okay so picking of schools right yeah what other ones that didn't it wouldn't involve you come up with any or? no <laughs> I must admit that's been so long ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well, but the majority of them nutrition are, I guess you know what what are you putting on the table for them to eat or Okay, yeah. So, but the state's going to get going to be controlling what's in food and things like that. But anyway, yeah, okay. So, what you're buying in the supermarket? Sure. Um, but the major ones, health ones, mm-hmm. you might not even be getting consulted with with healthcare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is that not a huge? That is a huge, huge thing. Mm-hmm. And keeping um, secrets from you, you know, if they, yeah. if they do or, go or being encouraged to keep secrets. Sure, yeah. Or facilitated to keep secrets. But I'm wondering, is there going to be a um, uh, a division, and I don't know this, I, I'm just posing this, is there going to be a division of what health things I do have some control over versus not? Well, if it doesn't, you know... If it, do you know how those kind of things get, get solved with amendments? You go to court. Yeah, sure. And that takes ages. And it's argued and argued and argued. And this is all part of why it's not being attempted as a law. It's being attempted as an amendment. Because if it was attempted as a law, it probably wouldn't happen. <laughs> right? That's why I was asking Judge Lacrosse this. That's why they're not trying to change the Constitution and put an amendment in there. Because it would never happen. I think it's interesting too when you when you talk about it going into the Constitution, 
some of the, the phrasing that we've heard about this is that it will be enshrined in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And when I think of shrine, I have thoughts of religion and faith and things like that. And when you talk about taking something this horrendous and enshrining it, mm-hmm. it's as if that has become a religion of its own, but, but then a faith of its wiser, own. Wiser men than me have said that uh, abortion is the blessed sacrament of the culture of death. I've heard that. And, yeah. and, and that is really the case. Okay, we're coming to an end, our end of our time. Thank you very much for everybody um, for your input in this. Um, I think we all agree this is a, a staggering uh, thing. So just yeah. any, a couple of last closing remarks, Donna? Any advice to folk? I would just... We were t- I, I went downstate. I just moved up here like two years ago. I was at Father John Ricardo's parish. Yeah. And they had tell five people. Tell oh, five yes, people. Yes, yes. Because, like you said, they're not hearing this from the news. No. Get them to read the amendment, yeah. not what they're going to see Actually, when they vote. Think, I think we might use that as the name for uh, for this 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 program. I think we might call it that. Tell five people. That's a good. That's good. Thank you. Deacon, any closing remarks? Just a thought. We talked about compassion a little bit, and uh, we talked about things that we've heard around the parish from parishioners and so on. I guess regardless of the outcome of, of the the, uh, the ballot amendment this fall, um, we as Catholics really need to double and redouble and redouble again our, our compassion for women that are in situations that they didn't want to ever find themselves in. Well said. We need to yeah. be supporting them. We need to be making sure that if if they're not going to choose abortion, hopefully, that, that there will be good paths for them to follow yeah. with our support, our aid, our prayers, everything it takes. We have to be the supporters of life. Yeah, excellent. Father? Um, I'd like, I just encourage people to actually, and I know it, we don't usually do that, we do sound bites to actually read the amendment and the materials that are out there that will help explain what this would lead to. Uh, also, I don't know if hopefully parishes provide this, but you know, Mission Catholic Conference has, has a sheet, you know, how to respond to false claims about yeah. it. And so, if you if your parish hands that out or gives that out, um, we we as a parish should time be, to read it. We're going to hand it out. Yeah. Uh, would be the same weekend that this program goes out. Actually, we're going to hand it out. But the other thing too is, you know, a lot of times this pushes. Okay, we got to do this right before the election. Well, so many people are doing absentee ballot. I know they need, they need to hear it now. I know, and and. Yeah, that's a, in fact, I think I talked about that in another program. So thank you very much, everyone. And let's, uh, as I always do, let's end with a prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, everyone. You can listen again to this or any other episode of Let's Talk Catholic at our blog, Let's Talk Catholic Podcast.blogspot.com, or you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or almost any other podcast provider. Excellent.